This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventure in Acts with Eutychus raised from the dead, Paul to the Ephesian elders, parts one and two, Paul lands at Tyre, and Paul makes his way to Jerusalem. Da-da-da-dum! Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. be with you. And also Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that... Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? 
Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our gospel lesson today teaches us that our forgiving flows from Christ forgiving us. Greatness in the kingdom of God is defined by humble repentance combined with receiving God's forgiveness in Christ and giving forgiveness to others. Peter sets the tone for our text in the first verse. Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and I will forgive him? As many as seven times? Calling a brother or sister to repentance and restoration of faith is rarely a one-time event. Peter understands that Jesus doesn't just mean talking about sin when he says, back in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Gaining also requires forgiveness, God's and ours. But just how many times do we have to forgive Peter asks the author of forgiveness. Peter gets how important forgiveness is in the kingdom of God. He doubles the rabbinic standard and adds one for good measure, as many as seven times. But he's still way off. Doubling stingy forgiveness isn't yet generosity. Jesus says to him, 
I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Now our Savior isn't saying here, for each person that sins against you, make up a chart, seven rows across and 70, uh, 70 columns across and 70 rows down. And each time the person sins, check it off. And if the chart gets full, then you're done forgiving. The whole point of Jesus' response is that those he makes great in the kingdom through baptism and faith are not to keep track of sins against them. It doesn't matter if it's a handful or so many you can't keep track. Don't count at all. To make sure we get the point, Jesus tells a parable. Not just any parable, but one that seems utterly impossible. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Here begins the seeming impossibility. 10,000 talents is the equivalent of 60 million days wages. If a person could work 300 days a year for 300 years in a lifetime, this would be 2,000 lifetimes of debt. How could he possibly accumulate that debt with his master? But even more amazing is the king's response when the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. As if the debt were not improbable enough, the king's compassion seems improb more improbable still. The first response we get since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. That's fair, expected. We have to pay what we owe. Even bankruptcy doesn't get a person out of paying some debt. But the response to the plea is over the top and out of pity for him out of compassion and love-driven mercy, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. The servant keeps his family, his belongings, and walks away debt-free. Incredible mercy on the part of this king. And what we hear next is also incredible, but badly so. Though he's been forgiven 2,000 lifetimes of debt, he goes out and finds a fellow who owes him a mere 100 days' wages. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. It's the first servant's own words, almost verbatim. We expect him to be lenient. He's been forgiven so much. Instead, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. No patience, no pity, no mercy, no forgiveness, none. And so this gospel teaches us three things. First, the extent of our sin debt to God. Because of our great many sins, we owe God a debt we can't possibly pay in 2,000 lifetimes. 
purgatory isn't long enough. But that's not exactly the point, is it? Just like we shouldn't count the number of sins against us by a brother or sister, so likewise we shouldn't count or reckon any ability on our part to pay God back for our sin. It simply can't be done, not by us. Our sin is too great, and we're still sinners, adding daily to our debt. Secondly, we're to forgive those who sin against us no matter how often. And notice that in the text, our Savior doesn't talk about repentance by the one we must forgive. Neither servant seems repentant. Both think they'll be able to pay back what they owe, given a chance and enough time. Our forgiveness isn't contingent on the other person's repentance. We don't get to judge their repentance. We simply must forgive without keeping track. And if we refuse to forgive, in anger his master delivered him to the jailers, the tormentors, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That's harsh, very condemning, is it not? But it's not a new word of Christ. When Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, three verses later he says, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. As an esteemed colleague says in his commentary on Matthew regarding this passage, the parable of the unforgiving servant is a story that offers no hope to those who cannot forgive others. And we know that sometimes we have difficulty forgiving, but have you refused to forgive anyone? Humble yourself before God, recall the great debt of your sin, and then remember the greater forgiveness you received by the blood of Christ. He has forgiven all your debt because you pleaded with him Indeed, he forgave you all your debt on the cross before you even recognized your sin. And even when we don't know what we've done, how astronomical our sin debt is, Christ has already pleaded, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that brings us to the third lesson we learn from this gospel. The only way we can ever forgive our brothers or sisters from the heart is from the forgiveness that we've already received in Christ. We can forgive our brother who sins against us without counting, without limit, without holding back, because our Lord has already forgiven the mountain of our sin against him. In Christ, we're able to forgive our brother, sister, parent, spouse, co-worker, even our worst enemy. For all their sins against us, don't come close to the sin we've been forgiven in Christ, freely, abundantly, and eternally. And from the superabundance of Christ's forgiveness to you, his forgiveness flows through you,
to others. What mercy, what forgiveness for you and for the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Having heard the word of God, let us call on him to keep us faithful to his word and joyful in confessing Christ to all people. For the one holy Christian and apostolic church, that she may continually cling to the word of truth and walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the citizens of this land, that they may be good stewards of the freedoms given them, and for the leaders they elect, that they may govern with integrity and honor, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who design and those who build, for those who farm, for those who transport goods, and for those whose work in every other God-pleasing vocation, that God would both bless their labor on behalf of others and teach us to give thanks for the gift of daily bread that he provides through their labors. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in harm's way, whether from fire or flood, or from violence in our communities, or through the snare of addiction, that God would grant protection and relief, keeping them at all times in his gracious care. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the sick and injured, and for the homebound, that Christ's word of forgiveness and life would give them comfort and peace, and that they would be healed according to the Lord's merciful and good will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner also after supper, when he had given thanks, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast in both body and soul unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.